0: Amateur drinking, professional drinking by Birdie Buddies. If you want to hit them straight out there, please check out Fairway Rolling every week. Available on Spotify.
1: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000 when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
0: Welcome back to the Ringers NBA Draft Show. My name is Kevin O'Connor, and joining me, as always, is the Ringers, Jay Kyle. Man, what's up, man? How are you doing today? We're one week plus from the draft. I'm fired up, too.
2: Long time coming. Yep. Like I was saying, it feels like a while back. We were in Vegas, when we kicked this off. It's always fun to think back about... uh, I don't know. It feels like it flies by, and then you think back about the little iterations of every single show, and you're like, "Man, we did." I mean, we walked all the way around this this class, but it feels <laughs> it feels weird that that it's already here. It feels like it should be here, and it, it simultaneously is surprising that it went so fast. I don't know. That's just kind of how life goes, I guess. But good to see you. I'm I'm doing fine.
0: Hundred percent, man. That that is how life goes. I mean, it all goes fast, and yet you know sometimes it feels like it goes slow. But here we are now. Here we are. Eight, nine days away from the NBA draft. I don't know how to count. We are a day removed now from the NBA Finals being over, so it is officially draft season here, Kyle. The Nuggets won the NBA Finals, Jokic Wants to not go to the parade. He wants to fly back to Serbia and ride his horses. He's throwing Jamal Murray in the pool in their post-game celebration. Kevin Durant's tweet was accurate that all Jokic wants to do is ride his horses and go in the pool. <laughs> the Nuggets won. They did it. They did it with the 41st pick in the draft. And they also, interestingly, Kyle, they made a trade during the finals, which is unusual we don't see that very often but them in oklahoma city linked up and made a trade 5 days ago where the nuggets sent the nuggets sent a 2029 protected first of their own to oklahoma city and then they got back the 37th pick in this year's draft a 2024 first and a 24 second so they got three picks for one distant future first oklahoma city's consolidating They're hoping by that point Jokic is retired, which he very well might retire after this current contract, especially considering how much he talks about (laughs) wanting to go home. Uh, So Oklahoma City, it makes sense to kick the can forward, and for the Nuggets, it makes all the sense in the world to go all in now. They now have the 37th pick and the 40th pick in this year's draft class. Kyle, uh, what's the logic uh, behind Denver getting that pick this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess you, if you if you have a first-round pick, you always have to be thinking in terms of the cycle of what your team's going to be doing and when. And for some teams, that can be as short as two or three years as we've seen with, like, these superstar essential rentals. Like, if you're in the LeBron business, you know, your picks can be very, you know, up in the air. It can be very up in the air where you're going to be. But if you have a core that you're wanting to keep together and you seem like you're gearing up for a run the way that Denver does, you got to assume that things are going to be... One of the big things, too, is that, like, I know uh, people are kind of passing around the Chris Mannix clip of him talking about the competition that they played. Now, whether or not you want to, like, invalidate their playoff run, I'll leave that kind of to the side. But the reality is that the league will kind of sort of retool... And have more on them. They're going to be the focal point as the defending champs. Uh, You know, injuries were a big part of these playoffs. Next year may not look like this year in terms of who they play. So they need to be thinking about this. You can't just kind of sit at 19 and assume that you're going to get, you know, that you're going to run it back and get hit blackjack again and win the title. So their strategy when they were entering this cycle was. I feel like they had talented players that fell to them. That's sort of like the common denominator. I don't know that they're gonna be able to do that again at this range. If you think about it, they got Murray at what, seven? That's just off the top. I think it was seven. And then yeah, seven, uh, eight, something like that. Porter was in the late lottery. And then obviously they struck, you know, they struck gold with Jokic. I don't know if they're gonna do that again. Maybe they will, but if you look at if you look at the picks that they got, um, I guess it just becomes a question of where, where do you shore up? where do, do you expect these players to play in the short term? I don't know. What do you think that they should be thinking in terms of like the types of players that, that they should be looking for?
0: Well, I think it's worth considering this. In all likelihood, everybody's back except for possibly Jeff Green, who's an r- unrestricted free agent, and Bruce Brown has a player option for this following season. He could also re-sign for $7.8 million, roughly for next year and if he takes that deal it would be less than what other teams could offer so teams could offer him the full mid-level of exception which is 12.2 million annually other teams with cap space like a houston a san antonio maybe they go up to 14 15 million dollars to really try to double what he could make this year however if bruce brown takes that 7.8 million dollars with denver he said after the game he wants to stay money into money isn't everything Next year, Denver could sign him to a contract of about 55 to 60 million dollars over four years, which if you uh, uh, bring that total out to five years, it's about twelve point five, thirteen million 13 million dollars, depending on what the exact numbers are. So he could get essentially the mid-level with Denver if he takes this one year deal and then is rewarded next summer. So I think for I think it's safe to assume based off of his comments and that contractual path that Bruce Brown has at least over a fifty percent chance of returning to Denver. So I think all that said, uh, you do need support in case that doesn't happen. So finding a wing, a versatile guy, a connective piece, uh, finding that big forward type who could potentially replace Jeff Green, whether it's this year or whether it's in the years to come considering his advanced age. I think that needs to be the priority for Denver with that 37th and 40th pick this year. And fortunately, this is a draft class, as we've covered throughout you know, this entire year, that has a lot of those guys in that range. There, there are a lot of those connective blue pieces. I mean, first one that comes to mind to me, Kyle, is Andre Jackson Jr. out of UConn. Yeah. We saw him won the national title, his versatile defense, I mean, like he he's a connective passer type. His shot needs to improve, but he can pass. He loves to cut. He has a high IQ. He's somebody who comes to mind for them at 37 or 40. But, I mean, there's a lot of players
2: uh, in that range that would stand out for Denver. Anybody that comes to mind for you? Um, Some that, that won't surprise you. I mean, my mind is going towards not necessarily... Um, I don't know. I, I, my mind is going towards guys that are sort of more clearer commodities, maybe not necessarily projects, you know, because they're not going to have a ton of time to develop those guys. You know, I know on their roster right now, they've, they took swings on guys that, and that's something else to consider too, is like, you always have to figure in where's the growth going to come from. Peyton Watson is a guy who like in spurts has shown them things, but I mean, defensive mindset is sort of the thing that has sort of simmered to the top guys that can guard and can also attack the basket and be switchable. You talked about Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown is a smart basketball player. I would be. I mean, you were talking about like approval rating across the league. I mean, every it's it just never fails. Like if you're talking to somebody about Bruce Brown, without fail, they just light up. People just love the way he plays. I'd be surprised if if uh, if he left, but I'm looking at guys. Who might fit with their culture who might come in and provide a lot of different things i mean i really like Hakez there in terms of the size uh, in terms yeah. of the in terms of the passing in terms of the cutting you think about a guy who could probably just come in right away Jokic and haquez i just feel like would get along like i just feel like i just see their brains i had a clip from back when i did the dime drop of we interviewed rod strickland and we were like hey who's your favorite player you ever played with? And we were just like waiting on pins and needles, what he would say. And he said, Arvidas Sabonis. And me and my oh. buddy were like, oh, we were just like, the idea of those two basketball, this might maybe won't quite be that. But I mean, I'm just saying, I think if you're, if you're trying to vet the types of players that would fit with him, Hawkes makes sense. Another random one I think is is Kobe Brown, which is kind of in the similar body type. Switchable can handle the ball a little bit, can get to the basket. You know, he shot really well from three this past year. Like I said, he's a little older. But um, I kind of wonder, I mean, you mentioned Jackson. I don't know, would they want to add another kind of big forward type who's sort of in the same mold as Gordon? You know, I'm not so sure about that. And then you also kind of consider MPJ maybe expanding a little bit next year. I don't know. But those are the two guys that kind of just jumped to mind. I feel like they're going to lean towards fully formed guys rather than projects. What do you think? I mean, I, I think I think with Andre Jackson
0: that that be a bit more of a you know a, a gamble. I mean, like the shot does need to improve, that's for sure. Um, you'd have to feel good about the way he's shooting the ball in pre-draft workouts. Uh, for somebody like him, uh, I think he comes to mind more in just that Bruce Brown type of role. But in terms of player construct, in terms of someone who's a, a quote unquote a bit safer, I'm with you on Jaime Haquez out of UCLA. I mean. That dude, the passing ability—I <laughs> like just, I just started smiling as as you talked <laughs> about him with as the fit with Jokic, like the passing situation with those guys together. The types of reads that Hawk has makes for UCLA this year and throughout his college career, the dude's outstanding. He yeah. has such elite feel. His footwork on the posts. Uh, it'd just be a lot of fun. It'd be, you know, uh, it'd be a joy to watch the Nuggets even more so. And he can defend uh, his shooting. Like, his numbers have been up and down. But I, I'm i betting on Hawkes to figure it out, man. I'm just, I'm just pulling up my draft guide profile of him. I wrote in here, comfortable pulling up for mid-range. He's made 41% of dribble jumper twos and 37% of dri- dribble jumper threes in four years at
2: UCLA. He ain't going to be shooting dribble jumper threes. He ain't going to be shooting well, dribble jumper.
0: Sure, <laughs> so I but, say, don't worry but, about it. But the, the point of those numbers is, is like 75% from the line. He's been a solid shooter off the dribble with some high de- degree of difficulty shots. He can make floaters. He's got touch around the basket. You're betting on him to figure it out as a spot up three point shooter, even though he's been only 31% on catching truth threes in four years at UCLA, according to Synergy. So I think you, you feel good about that number improving. Um, so Hakez makes a lot of sense for them in that range. There's guys like Ben Shepherd, you could see him as an option. What if Dariq Whitehead, after his second foot surgery, happened to fall to 37? I think that's too far. I don't think Whitehead goes all the way down to 37. But if he did, um, maybe they make another bet on an injury guy, um, Colby Jones out of Xavier, a junior wing, somebody like that. And for Denver, um, you know, City Sissoko for as well. You know, if you want someone more on the Jeff Green type of uh path to fill that role for you know Denver, they have thirty-seven and forty. But this conversation applies to a lot of teams. I mean, there's there's a bunch of teams that have multiple picks in the twenty-five to forty-five range. The Clippers have thirty and forty-eight. Grizzlies have 25 and 45 Kings have 24 and 38 Blazers 23 and 43 Spurs 33 and 44. So they can add more alongside Wemby Pacers have 26 and 29 and 32. They'll probably try to consolidate those. The Hornets, you know, there's rumors. We'll talk about this a little later. They could trade the number two pick. Well, they also have 27, 34, 39 and 41. Like this year's draft class. I don't, I'm not so sure a lot of those guys in the, like I said, the 25 to 45-ish range, I'm not sure a lot of those guys have star upside. They're not necessarily big swings, you know, hoping, oh, yeah, this guy could pan out. But there's a lot of, like, good quality role player talent that a Denver or many of those other teams could be able to target in that range. Don't you think? I mean, do you feel the same as me there?
2: I do, and I think something that Denver has, yeah, superstar. I was just kind of looking through the names there, and I was like, if you made me pick one, <laughs> if you if you were like Kyle, I have you over uh, a a crocodile pit, and I'm if you don't pick correctly, you know, <laughs> you, you, tell me who the superstar <laughs> is here is, or else like in that range, and I had to pick. Um, I mean, like Amari Bailey flashes some on-ball stuff, but I feel like the on-ball stuff can also be like sort of. Um, it can be a little misleading if you just sort of think about players purely as on-ball guys, like everything has to be that way. Because the Nuggets, the thing about them is the fact that Jokic can stretch out and be at the top of the key and sort of orchestrate traffic from up there, they can tweak their lineups. Like, if they want to have someone who is a lesser shooter or a cutter, or you just think about like the way their guys play, they can tweak their lineups so that the sort of lesser shooter can be at any spot. You know, whether or not it's, you know, Brown has improved a lot, but that's just sort of a luxury you have when you have somebody like Jokic. So I feel like Hakez would fit with them. But um, yeah, I mean, in that range. In that range, yeah, there's a lot of guys that I think could sort of bolster something that is already working, but I don't know that there's somebody there that I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's like a definite like upside. I mean, you could look at like Imani Bates if you think he's going to be like a big time on-ball score, but uh, we saw oh, what boy. happened with old Bones Highland. I'm sure I, I would really love to know what he must have been thinking watching the finals. Like, uh, I don't know. That, uh, that that went through my mind a, a couple different times thinking about that. Well, I still
0: think the the Bones Highland comp, like the taller Bones Highland comp would which I used in the draft guide for Imani Bates, is true. Um, that The one that you pulled out earlier in the season, that works for Amani Bates. So, for Denver... I was going to say, did you think of that or did you swipe that for
2: me, Kev? I was <laughs> like, are you going to pass that off as your own comp? How dare you?
0: Uh, oh, oh, man, no. It's, it's, uh, you know, people <laughs> can listen saying. to the
2: pod. <laughs> I
0: got receipts. It's all connected. It's all connected. It uh, we got your video in there as well, your Wemby video. Hopefully your Scoot video soon. Uh, I look More forward to that later, as well. Yes, yeah. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, so. Uh, but no, you're right. Like I think, I think in this that range, there's so many different types of players. But for the most part, it's a lot of those quote unquote uh, lack of star upside players, not home run swings this year. Like the the Julian Strawthers, Jordan Walsh. I can see Jordan Walsh becoming better, like a role player plus, but not like all star type. Uh, Marcus Sasser, you know, I think he he's going to could be a good rotation guard, but I don't necessarily see him popping and becoming a star. Keontae Johnson out of Kansas State, senior player. Obviously, people might know him as the player who collapsed on the floor um, years ago when he was playing for Florida due to a heart issue, um, away for two years, comes back to Kansas State. He's 23 years old and right back on track, healthy, cleared by the NBA. Um to come back and play um, after that horrific incident. Um 6'4, 240 pounds, seven foot wingspan, can shoot off the catch at forty-five percent as a senior. Uh, I mean, that dude, I I like Keontae Johnson a lot. I have him, you know, in the forties on my board. That I think that speaks to the depth of role player quality talent that, you know, a Denver's gonna be able to choose from at thirty-seven or forty, or that, you know, the the pacers could be able to choose from, the Blazers, the Grizzlies, the Clippers. And that's where most stars are found. Even though Jokic goes 41, and he's the best player in the world right now, most stars come from the top of the draft or inside the lottery. And that's why there's so much talk this week. Sham Sharania from FanDuel TV says that the Pelicans are trying to trade into the top three to get Scoot Henderson. Obviously, San Antonio is going to take Victor Wembanyama with the first pick, but Charlotte has number two. And, and Portland Trailblazers have number three. We don't know what those teams are going to do yet. Um, the Pelicans... They're in a position right now. They have the 14th pick this year. They have a bunch of future picks, all of their own. They also have a Lakers first in either 2024 or 2025. They have the choice of which year they get it. They have some Bucks first, a protected first in 2025, an unprotected first in 2027, plus the rights to swap their own first with the Bucks in 24 and 26. So those are years where Giannis and Nakupo still under contract with the Bucs right now. If you're, if you're gambling on those picks being high value, you're betting against the Bucs being able to keep Giannis, or you're betting that Giannis experiences an athletic decline by that point and that the Bucs are nowhere near as good as they are now, considering the age of that roster with the supporting cast and the possible variables with Giannis. They have role players, Trey Murphy, Dyson Daniels, Herb Jones. And, of course, there's Zion Williamson who's been busy and then Brandon Ingram and neither it's of the girls guys.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you got me with that. I didn't, I was just kind of listening to you in sort of a trance and I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just listing assets and
0: facts, Kyle. <laughs> okay would would you be (laughs) with us for the (laughs) pelicans (laughs) if you're the pelicans and you're making your best offer to charlotte at number two or portland for number three and you want scoot henderson are you willing to give up zion or brandon ingram yes or no are you willing to
2: Wait so if if'm I'm, if I'm the Pelicans and I'm trying to okay, you're yeah. getting scoot
0: you, you're getting scooted. Are you willing to give up Zion or Ingram? Or are you saying, you know what, screw that? We're only giving you picks, and either Murphy, Daniels, herb Jones, other young players, you're not getting Zion or Ingram are you is that like the line you're drawing?
2: It's tough because Zion it is tough <laughs> it's tough zion's future is like personally how do you go about betting on something like that unless you have like an immense amount of information which they do they yes which they do i'm just (laughs) saying for me i mean from the outside i also wanted to say you know i don't know who's like doing who like runs his pr like who i assume it's his agent um you know i think it's kind of strange that like someone who struggles with like staying motivated and staying in shape is constantly in like soda commercials. And I I don't I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> I don't understand that one. Every time I see him on there, I'm like, what are we doing? I don't just I the don't optics know. of it. Like it's just yeah. okay. Uh he may never drink soda for all I know. Whatever. And, he, and he's on.
0: the guy also. Remember that Thanksgiving game where they asked him, What's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? He's like, Oh, I'm not gonna say people are just gonna make fun of me on social media. It's like, huh? Yeah.
2: Okay. It's true. It's just sort of a... That's that's more what I mean. I mean, it's more of a just like, if that's the conversation we're avoiding, that feels like... They may have signed up for that a long time ago. It's whatever. Uh, forget I said it. But, um,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, Zion... I mean, my level of confidence right now is not high. My level of confidence uh, in him as a player is like super high. You throw him out there and he's not ready to play. Even schematically, if he's not integrated or sort of up to date with like what you're doing, his impact is crazy just because of his rim pressure, because he can score over anybody. But you do start wondering about even, let's say hypothetically you were super confident about him as a person. There's also just the injury stuff. Like he's never been healthy. He never stays healthy. So considering that, I think, and then you weigh that against who Scoot is as a player, Scoot with Ingram, Scoot with Ingram and Trey Murphy. I mean, like, he is a guy who would be like a culture catalyst. He's a guy who's going to be very steady for you. He's very, you know, astute and dedicated and focused as a player. He's an incredibly hard worker. His upside is high. It'd be worth considering. The other question, though, here is that, like, if I'm one of those teams that has that second or third, I mean, I don't expect him to last. Another, another interesting thing here, too, Kevin, is, like, I don't know how much people have talked about it. You and I texted some. Is the fact that the Blazers hired Poo Jetter, which to me felt like yep. sort of an indicator. What did you think about that? I think it could mean something. You know, and Beyond the Arc last week, I mentioned how
0: I watched back an interview uh, off the top of my head. I think it was the Draft Deeper podcast, if I remember correctly. I just searched Pooh Jetter into YouTube and yeah, that that popped up. It was like one of the first two things on there. And I I went to the transcript and control F. <laughs> Look for instances of Scoot. Is that your
2: hack? Is that how you get through like listening oh. things fast? You can you just uh, skim through. through? Yeah. They're incredibly helpful on
0: YouTube. So like he, he I I went straight to the points where he talked about Scoot Henderson and he raved about Scoot. He said, if if you don't have Scoot Henderson number two on your board, it's wrong. He should be two on everybody's board. He's the number two. And then, I didn't expect this. He pivots and says, and I say that as somebody who's known Brendan Miller a long time. You know, Brennan Miller, we recruited him to the G-League Ignite. And I've known this kid and I respect him. We we text frequently, right? So Pooh Jeter is somebody, he's saying that from the perspective of somebody who is close with Scoot, played with him, they were teammates last year, and He knows Brennan Miller. So he's saying Scoot's the number two. He's going to go into that front office with their meetings when they're in their war room and say, it's got to be Scoot. He's our guy. However, he also does really like Brennan Miller. So I offer that as, you know, really not a hard answer. How much should we read into it? I don't know. Um, The Suns had Lucas head coach, and they didn't take him. Yeah, Um, and, and, And Poo Jetter is not the head coach. He is, you know. A guy in the organization, a scout, and he's not uh, going to be, be on
2: staff for the Blazers. He's going to be yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's not going to be on their like head coaching staff on yes. the main roster, right? i going to be like the,
0: the G League staff and the front office uh, thing. It's like he's like a connective piece. He seems to have like a different type of a unique role. Um, it's mm-hmm. not like any. Like I'm an assistant coach. Uh, he's going to be on the G League staff and in the front office, so um, but at the least they're going to get all the intel they need about Scoot. To me, with Portland, this is about what path do they want to go. If they want Scoot Henderson, uh, if they get him at number three or if they're the team that needs to trade up to two to get him. Does that mean the end of Damian Lillard, or does that mean the end of Anthony Simons and they go with Dame and Scoot? I just, I, I, to me, I think if you're building with Scoot Henderson and Damian Lillard, that the time's gonna run out on Dame the next year or two before Scoot Henderson, you hope, is ready to take the reins
2: and and be the guy there. You can't you can't win with those two guys together at the highest of levels. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make sense to me either. But I'm also looking at this, if you flip it from the other perspective, you're thinking about, okay, would New Orleans do it? Let's say they're really eager to move Zion, and they secretly are just like, we're off of this. If I'm the Hornets, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I could bring in Zion. You know, I've heard people talk about, like okay, it's moving him closer to home. People always talk about that with players, where they're like, oh yeah, coming closer to home. There's a lot of stuff that comes with coming closer to home. Sometimes it's better to be far from home. And we're talking about a guy who has had... People openly question the people around him. I don't know the specifics about who's around him, but people ask those questions and we're like, okay, we want to move this guy closer to home, closer to the people in his life that people are asking all these questions about. If I'm the Hornets, I'm like, okay, I have the opportunity to bolster this core that already has been kind of like we've talked about it. They fizzled, you know. Maybe they don't have as much talent as the teams in the league, but there, there are little things kind of clicking into place. Lamelo gets healthy. Do we want to bring in Zion? Like, I just that feels like a huge gamble for me. Whenever I look at like, you know, Scoot hasn't had a lot of injury history. Scoot doesn't have the same issues personally. Like he, we know that he's going to be steady. Maybe his high points are as high and as high as Zion. I would just feel some queasiness about that, uh, making that move. And, or Portland, same kind of thing. Like, what do you think across the league the eagerness will be to trade for Zion based on what we've seen? Or is it an Embiid situation where he's going to course correct and become, you know, an MVP later in his career? It just does not feel like, a, like a, it doesn't feel as certain to me for Zion. It's way, way, way more questionable.
0: Well, I mean the the difference between Embiid and Zion is there was never a question about Embiid's work ethic. Ever. I mean, he was a worker since college. There was never a question about it. Even when he was hurt out those first two years with the Sixers, I think, you know, there was a confidence and like, hey, this guy has a desire to be great. Even if there's still some issues, some youth, you know, he needs to improve his conditioning, blah, 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 this and that. With Zion, it's the opposite. So I think in that sense, um, it's different. However, we've also seen a taste of Zion Williamson being an absolute dominant force in the early stage of his career. Where, like you said, anytime he's on the floor, that dude is awesome. Shaq-like efficient finisher at the basket, a playmaker, and got better on defense in his 29-ish games this year for the Pelicans, too
2: you mentioned Shaq. I mean, that's if we're just looking historically now, granted Shaq had a lot of luxuries physically to fall back on, but he's somebody that went through his entire career like that. He would come Mm -hmm. up to, he would come to training camp and they'd be like, all right, I guess Shaq's going to get in shape like by March or something. Like, I guess it's a different situation. I guess all of this is just kind of a part of the discussion. Like can a player at his level, you know, we saw it with Jokic. Jokic increasingly got, you know, in better shape as his career went along, got more serious. Hopefully, Luka will do the same. Those are the conversations you got to have if you're talking about, like, altering your future. But if I'm Charlotte, I think I stand pat. I think I would stay put where I am and just say, and maybe, you know, maybe Portland really does want Scoot. And I don't think either one of these teams can lose either way with, like, Miller or, or Scoot, assuming those are your top, you know, two past Wimby. Um, I would stay put. I just don't feel like I would be tempted to do it. I don't know. Uh, That's kind of where I'm sitting.
0: Let me just offer this one thought here, Kyle. How would you react if this deal happens on draft night? The Hornets trade the number two pick to the Pelicans for number 14, that unprotected Lakers first in 24 or 2025, the unprotected Bucks first in 2027. They get the best of the swaps and 24, and 26, and they get Trey Murphy. So they don't get Zion, they don't get Ingram, but they get Trey Murphy and a bunch of firsts in the future. Maybe throw on another New New Orleans first as well in the distant future, and they kick the can forward, and they pass on Scoot and Miller for Murphy and a bunch of picks. Are you saying that this is a bad move, or are you saying, you know what? Maybe now they get multiple multiple rolls of the dice and some draft classes with, you know, Cooper Flag, Boozer. There's a lot of good guys coming. You know, that could be
2: franchise changers in the coming years you're going to continue to be bad enough. And I feel like to have a, have a chance to get those guys and you, you're talking about kicking the can. How hard are we kicking it? That kind of feels like it's pretty we're just hard, kind of like in limp <laughs> ca- contact with the can to me. I'm like, hey, hard. Just kind of, <laughs> let's just sort of brush so it against react? the ground.
0: You're saying that's a mistake. You're saying that's I don't a like mistake.
2: it now. I, okay. I, I kind of, right. and maybe I'm revealing some of my feelings that I've kind of come around to with scoot eyebrow raise. Uh, I, I just kind of, that's tell me, the tell me about it, Kyle.
0: Spoil your video. Spo- <laughs> I'll
2: spoil it a You're little concerned. bit. I like him personally. I like him personally. That's what I would say. I like him. He's personally,
0: a nice. He's a nice guy.
2: I know. <laughs> I just. I. I kind of just oh, have okay. this feeling like we're talking. We're talking about all the kind of like demons or like demons is a strong word. We're, we're talking about all the kind of variables. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> No, we're t- we're not talking about uh, you know nothing like serious serious. But we're just talking about as basketball concern. Uh, Scoot is just rock solid with upside that is that is, you know, the 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 bridge to his upside is navigable because of who he is as a person. And if I were like looking at like in the future, do we want to continue not that Charlotte is averse to continuing being bad. We've seen their we've seen their track record with that in the past. Let me check checks watch forever. Uh, I mean, maybe they're maybe they have the stomach to do that and they see those picks and they think. Um, yeah, let's continue to do that. But I think if you weigh that against the, the bird in the hand here, which is Scoot, who you're going to have at the second pick, I would just stay with it. You know, like, I don't know, maybe just Trey Murphy's superstar upside movie at all on that one. To He's going to continue to better get better. I know we both like him, but I, I just feel like you re- run the risk of getting those guys, especially with the way the draft lottery has changed in recent years. It's less of a certainty than ever. Like, uh, I just, yeah. I don't feel good about it, man. I, I think you stay mm-hmm. put. Charlotte, don't fuck around, man. Stay put. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I look forward to seeing if there's actually ends up being like a bidding war type of thing because we have the Magic with six and eleven, the Indiana with their collection of picks after number seven. Uh those are two teams I would expect to try and trade up. You know, you could have the Wizards or the Raptors teams like that. The Raptors just hired Docker Ryakovich. Uh, who Chris Vernon was talking about as more of a developmental coach. Um, you know, could they try to throw out a Pascal Siakam to Portland if Portland does try to keep the Dame path and try to keep winning? There could be a number of teams that try to trade up there. And and for Charlotte or um, Portland, those teams back-to-back, we talk about information, you know, on the New Orleans side of things with the value of Zion Williamson and, and Brandon Ingram, the health with his health and all that. The flip side of that is the Charlotte Hornets know more more about Scoot Henderson than all of those other teams, having him in for an interview, being able to get hands-on with him, put him through any number of tests they want, and same with Portland. They have more information. So if they know something that other teams don't know, or they have some concerns, or they just might might have nothing to do with Scoot, it might just only have to do with, hey, this is the path we want to go. And we don't want to add another guy to LaMelo Ball. Uh, We don't think it's a great fit. We want an established player. It might just be about that. But those teams have more information, too. So um, just something to think about. I mean, we're a week away from the draft. I would expect this won't be the last of the rumors. It's possible even by the time you hear this recording, there's more that drops Wednesday morning. We're recording this on uh, Tuesday afternoon Eastern. Um, More could come out.
2: I just want to reiterate. I think it's an awesome fit, like the Lamelo Scoot thing. I think personally, yeah. I think on court, I think personally, it is huge. Like I just think Lamelo doesn't want to out there be like the guy ordering people around. I think it would it would juxtapose Lamelo in a way that would be more comfortable for him. I really do. That's that's why that's part of my argument here with the Charlotte thing. You let kind you let Lamelo be who he is, and Scoot comes in and is like the culture catalyst. Like I said. That's what you need to do if you're Charlotte. You need to establish that. Like, that's what they've lacked for so long. So, I don't know. I'm not going to try to beat a dead horse here. But I just, uh, I I feel pretty strongly about them staying put personally.
0: Well, Kyle, I know um, we are a week away from the draft. Uh, There was a non-draft topic uh, that you wanted to discuss. So, I'll just leave the floor to you.
2: Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, I kind of had a conversation and I've talked with some of our other ringer people uh, about this. Obviously, it's it's kind of a it's a personal thing with my family. Um, you know, my mom has been sick for a while. Uh, she got diagnosed with cancer. Gosh, it's probably been four years ago. It was like right when I started with the ringer. Um, it's been going on for a while. She has beaten the odds for a long time. She is tough and resilient and perseverant. Uh, and this week this past week she had an issue um so i guess the main reason i'm bringing it up is um i don't know you never know how much detail or how little detail to go into with it but we are just kind of trying to be with her because it's very serious um and just trying to help help her have is you know as much quality time and quality quality of high quality of life as possible so i kind of wanted to make people aware it's we're in a limbo here where. You know, the draft is coming up very, very soon and I just kind of don't know, you know, I just wanted to make people ready or aware if I just kind of am not around as much or if I, if something happens and I'm not as visible or if I'm not able to kind of come on and just, if I just disappear, uh, I just wanted people to kind of know what was going on, uh, there. So, uh, yeah, just been spending a lot of time with my mom and trying to, you know, help her. Enjoy whatever time she has. Uh, so that's that's where we are right now. So I don't, I don't really know. I don't know. I never know how to say. I'm, I'm a pretty open person, you know. Like we talked about, we went through this with John last year. Um, but you know, it's it's people are welcome to reach out and talk to me about it. But you know, whatever whatever faith or walk of life you're on, just uh, send prayers up for her, just to help her, just uh, be comfortable. And you know, that's that's kind of where we are right now.
0: Thank you for talking about it, Kyle. You know, I, I think um you know, you never know what people are going through, right? Mm-hmm. And uh this has been something that's been part of your situation as as long as that I've known you. Like you said, it was around when you first got hired by the ringer that she was that uh, that she was diagnosed and obviously you know I I lost my dad to cancer in twenty twenty after he was diagnosed in twenty nineteen. It sucks, man. Cancer blows. You know, we lost charge it to it last year. Um it's, a, it's, 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 uh, it's amazing how many people are affected by it, you know, either mm-hmm. directly or a loved one, whether it's a friend or a family member. Um, like it's a, it is like, it's just a shocking amount of people. Um, unfortunately there's a lot, like a lot of listeners right now who can relate to it. I'm um, sure. I'm sure. I mean, how, how, how are you doing with it right now? Um, how's, how's your family doing with it? Um, you know, how, how are you doing, Kyle
2: you and I have talked about this where it's like when someone is sick for a long time, um, you kind of, there's a difference between something suddenly happening and you're blindsided by it. And it's like, uh, when it happens slowly over time, when someone's battling something like this, um, you know, she, she beat the initial diagnosis and then it came back. And that was when it just kind of entered a different game for us. Um, so we had to kind of start just looking at what it was going to look like. And, uh, she swatted it for a long time, man. Uh, the hardest thing is just that she she and my dad have been taking a lot of trips um, and just <laughs> enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. Like They love to go to Key West. That's one of their things. They're always sending me mm-hmm. pictures, and I'm always teasing them. I'm like, enjoy yourself in touristy, tacky Key West. Uh, but I, <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm extremely hipster compared to my parents. My dad's just like, I like, uh, I like Olive Garden. I don't really care. Uh, but... That's the, that's the bougie back and forth we always had. but like she was coming back, they were coming back. And, um, one of, one of the things about cancer is that it makes your, I learned this word, it makes your, your blood hy- hypercoagulative. So her blood is just thicker and it's always prone to like blood clots and things like that. And, um, she, she had a massive stroke last week and that was one of the things that really mm-hmm. complicated it. So it's like when you're trying to wrestle the grizzly bear of cancer, um, and, you know, it's just like another grizzly bear enters the ring and just sort of puts, you know, lays down on you, puts you in a headlock. So that's kind of what my mom's going through right now. She's, she's there. And, you know, I've been talking to her and, um, spending as much time with her as I can. Sorry. So yeah, that's kind of where we are. And, uh, you know, I haven't, I just haven't had as much Basketball coming into my brain as normal, like I said, like I was in the heat of working and editing something, and um you know this this is obviously a very worthy disruption to that, and uh it puts things in perspective, but uh my encouragement to people is just you know spend time with your parents uh don't take them for granted um so that's kind of that's what's it's going on truth, with me kid
0: yeah, it's the truth you know you got you get got, can't take it for granted you know you, you gotta enjoy the days you have with the loved ones that you have and Always try to make the best of those days. I mean, I, I think with with my parents, like we always try to say "love you" and "good night" to each other in a happy way before going to bed. Try not to go to try not to go to bed angry at each other. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. You know, so just like little little things like that. Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice. Th- it makes me happy. Put a smile on my face and know that your parents. Have done a lot of fun stuff together going to Key West. Cause like, I, like when I was, when I was back and forth between LA and Massachusetts, the year my dad was doing chemo, it always made me happy to get selfies from my parents. If they went, I remember <laughs> they went to this like little Halloween thing with like, you know, these, you know, ghosts and whatnot. And they took fun selfies in front of that and going on walks together and, you know, seeing my mom's cousin who she was close with. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's just, Pretty. It's nice. It's nice seeing that they've enjoyed their life. That that makes that makes me happy to know that. You know.
2: Oh yeah, my dad hasn't stopped holding my mom's hand, which is very sweet. And it's uh, beautiful. yeah, and they've been together, you know, forty plus years now. Wow. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's it's she's, you know, they they're always coming in to kind of test and see how she's doing, and uh, you know, you're always kind of they're testing her sides of her body to see how they're doing and see how her progress is going. But it's been hilarious because she's just kind of a quip machine and like she's been sort of like uh really empowered to have like the whole room uh listening to her so like during some of her examinations (laughs) she's just been kind of getting off some of her material uh like the you know the doctor was like holding something up and she was like she just is very like you know, doesn't doesn't like medication, doesn't like hospitals naturally. But she always <laughs> the, the doctor was like, what is this? And she was like, torture. She just, you know, is like roasting the doctors. <laughs> yeah. And We're all like we're all like putting our hands on our brows and just kind of like, oh, my God, like she's just kind of you never know what she's going to say. She's that type of funny person. But uh, that's who you yeah. got her from. you inherited the quickness I don't know, man You never know where things come from But she, yeah, she'll roast you I was teasing, well, I was teasing her Because she and I have had a a ribbing relationship Forever, and I was like uh, I I was joking, and I was like I feel like everybody's gotten roasted but me, Mom I was like, I'm the only one that hasn't gotten a jab That's weird, and she reached over And jabbed me with her arm, which was hilarious That was hilarious, so she's just been She's been on in that sense for sure
0: are you heading over to see her today
2: yeah she said she wanted some miso soup so I'm gonna I'm gonna be oh. the door my mm. mom's door to here for a little bit uh, yeah that'll be amazing well, be well Kyle uh, go go enjoy
0: that miso soup with your mom today um, enjoy the time with your family dude I will I will thanks Kevin thank you for listening to today's episode of the ringers NBA draft show thank you to Jesse Lopez for producing enjoy the rest of your week and we get the drafts in uh, one week from now